circumstances of the prayer of the psalmist. Wait, the psalmist is waiting for God to deliver them, to rescue them, to heal them, to save them. And in that waiting, there's a chance or an opportunity either to, to doubt God, to doubt yourself, to doubt the prayer that you've asked, or maybe to get forlorn or despairing. And the psalm today that we read, it, it starts bold and it ends bold. I mean, what a great psalm where it says in the first verse, uh, in the Lord I take refuge. What a great encouragement. And it finishes with the Lord is righteous and the Lord loves justice and the upright will see God's face. But the key to this little bit is in verse 1 it says, how can you then say to me, and the psalmist is pointing to the critics, how can the psalmist continue to be strong when the critics are saying these things? Flee like a bird. A bird doesn't have the power and the skill to stand and fight, its only mechanism is to flee. And there are critics who say to you, God doesn't act like that anymore and and you're encouraged to flee from your prayer request to God. Or or the psalm also says that the critics are are, are waiting in the shadows with arrows to shoot from the shadows into the heart of the righteous, the upright, the good, the blessed. Now, I I don't know your views on spiritual warfare, but let's just take this as as, as a basic human interaction. There are people who just subtly whittle away your prayer request and say, oh, you should be happier with just a, this outcome. Instead of going for this, just be happier with this outcome. Or, or don't even ask something of God, just, just ask God's will would be done in your life. I don't know whether you've ever had those critics shoot the arrows from the darkness because, let's be honest, they've got nothing to do with your life circumstance, so they've got the safety of being able to say those things because they don't really care about the outcome and the outcome doesn't affect them. But the outcome matters to you. And so the power of this psalm is reminding us to take refuge in the Lord and that when we take refuge in the Lord, we'll see the Lord's face. This psalm actually reminds all of us of the struggle that we have while we wait for an outcome of a prayer that we've prayed to God. In 2011, um, Lisa had a job offer to come to Melbourne uh, to work for St Vincent's Hospital in Melbourne. And I'd finished up a job and I was coming to Melbourne with the boys. The boys were in uh, primary school at that point. And so the idea was I'd probably look after the boys as we integrated into Melbourne. And it was a great opportunity for Lisa and we felt as though this was something that we were uh, going to invest in for a period of time but we owned a house in Sydney and we thought, well, we'll keep the house in Sydney because it's always good to be in the property market. And as we uh, moved to Melbourne, we kept the house in Sydney, we moved all our belongings down here, we set up home here and we felt like this was where God called us to be and was asking us to sow into in Melbourne. 
and I didn't quite know what I would be doing. It was good to look after the, the, the two boys, but I just had a sense that God was calling me to something more, but I didn't know what it was. And I felt God say to me, when you get to Melbourne, I'll reveal more. So I just had to trust God and move to Melbourne. And I just prayed, God, would you reveal to me and to our family what you were calling us to do? And knowing that God had been faithful in the past, I knew that I could rely on God. And to cut a long story short, uh, we felt that God was calling me into ordained ministry and I needed to go and do a few more years of study. And when we looked at our balance sheet, we just, re- and I'm not an accountant, so I don't do this often, but I just knew that the amount of money coming in was not the amount of money going out. And I knew that I couldn't actually not work for a few years and keep the house in Sydney. I knew that it would be a good thing to do, but I knew I couldn't keep the house in Sydney and study for ordained ministry. It was a, it was a either-or scenario. And so we decided that we would sell the house. And we needed a set figure in order to make it possible to have a nest egg to be able to uh, live off that nest egg for a few years while I was studying at the seminary. And so we prayed to God that this was the right decision, we put it on the market, and we prayed to God, but the critics, like the psalmist, kicked in straight away. We needed this figure, and everybody who inspected the house came in at this figure and said, oh, the whole house needs a lot of work. It was a brand new house that was only five years old. They said, it needs a lot of work. And we were like, God, we, we, we can't settle it, this, this figure. And we were starting to get despairing. And, and the critics were coming in and, and whittling away things and, and yet they didn't know what we knew. They were shooting from the shadows like the psalmist said. They didn't know the outcome and they didn't have an investment in the outcome like Lisa and I did. About that time we read a book by Mark Batterson called The Circle Maker and long story short about that as well. It's actually about we need to sometimes pray prayers and circle that prayer, come around that prayer time and time and time and time and time again, when we know that that's what God needs to do in our life, we have to pray for that prayer and not give up and not respond to the critics. And a real practical thing that Lisa and I did was we we put this figure on a bit of paper And we circled that. And then in our journals, prayer journals, every day when we were praying, we'd put that figure down and we'd circle it, circle it symbolically that we felt this was what God was going to deliver on. Everybody else was offering down here, but we knew God was going to deliver that. So we weren't going to give up until that figure came in. And God in His graciousness, because we'd put our refuge in God and because we'd been faithful in stepping out to, to, to put our path into going into ordination, finally an offer came in at that exact figure. Now here's the other important part about the circle prayer. It's an encouragement for us not to give up on an outcome that we've prayed to God for. 
but it's also an encouragement not to get over greedy when God actually gives you what you want and you don't go back and renegotiate for something more. So when the figure came in at exactly what we'd circled in our journal, we didn't go and negotiate for more, see if we could get a little bit more of a nest egg. We'd ask for God for that amount so we trusted that that was what God wanted. And so we accepted the offer. Now, some preachers would have you finish the sermon there and say, God always delivers and you just need to pray hard enough and it's always going to work out well. We prayed for this amount. We thought that was a good amount. People came in at that amount and God brought them up to that. But here's how the critics get you to doubt your faith and trust in God. Just after we sold, there was a property boom in Sydney. And all the critics came back out again. See, we told you you shouldn't have sold the house. We told you it was good to stay in the market. You'll never get back in the market if you get out. All the critics came back and started to get us to doubt what we had known. God had answered in prayer. We had circled it. We'd asked God. We'd begged God. We knew the outcome of what that would do. We knew that that would get me two years in the seminary. We knew that would lead to all the things that would happen if I became a priest. We knew everything of that. But the critics were shooting from the shadows because they didn't have an invested outcome in God's prayer and they started us to doubt that. I haven't started to doubt that. I can tell you now, I could be a very, very miserable geography teacher with a house in Sydney right now. The reality is that when we put our refuge in God, we know the outcomes that we're asking for. We know what we're asking God to deliver in our life and the people that are critical of us, the people that are doubting God themselves, the people that are uh, are shooting arrows at the upright from the shadows, they don't know the blessings that come, they don't know the pain that you're going through, they don't know all of the circumstances that you're going through. So whatever you're praying to God for, Whatever outcome you're asking God for, the psalmist and and I'm encouraging you to just stay strong in chasing after that with God. There are times where we have to pray and pray and pray and pray and it doesn't seem like there's an outcome coming. There doesn't seem like there's going to be an answer to that prayer. But the psalm today reminds us that when we take refuge in the Lord, we receive the blessings of the Lord. But it's important for us to take the first step and put our faith and trust in the Lord not, not take a bet each way and say, God, I'm, I'm going to temporarily trust in you and then when you show me some delivery of what I'm praying for, then I'll trust in you a little bit more. That's not what we're asked to do. We're asked to put our total faith and trust 
in the Lord, take refuge in the Lord, and only then will we start to see the blessings of the Lord. I, I, I didn't know how I was going to pay for school fees for my sons. But I took refuge in the Lord and knew that that would work out. And so when we hit send on the last school fees last year, it wasn't just a celebration or a sense of relief, it was actually a praise to God that God had been faithful to us. And so my encouragement to you is pray to God, ask God for things, fight for your prayer requests, but also discern the will of God. We sat with a couple last night and they're, they're not with our church, with, an, with some old friends of ours, and they're going through a, a, a really big family crisis and they're really not sure what to pray to God for. But as we sat with them last night, we were encouraging them to just hold on to God, yes, ask for God's will, but just put to God their desires of their heart. And when they put to God the desires of their heart, God listens to that, hears that, responds to that, and in time, if there's a different outcome that God wants because of things that they can't see, God also reveals that to us and changes our heart. God's not an awful God that gets us to pray for something and then deliberately doesn't give that. If God wants a different outcome, you don't always know why that different outcome is, but God always changes our heart. When we desire to be aligned with God, God aligns us with His purpose. And it's almost like we always wanted the outcome that we didn't think we wanted. The psalmist here reminds us that when the critics are shooting arrows, the Lord sits on the throne. When the critics are saying to flee your prayers because they're not the right prayers, the Lord is in His holy temple. It's a reminder to us that God is not gone off and doing something else. God sits on the throne and is watching over the earth and listening to our prayers and he's manoeuvring for that to be an outcome. It's just we can't see it yet and we need to be strong as we wait in the Lord. But an important caveat, and the psalm reminds us of this in verse 7, is that we don't ever treat God like some kind of vending machine where we, we pray and, and we say to God, God, I prayed for that, how come you didn't deliver on it? No, we, we, we pray to God because we actually get God. We, we pray to God because we get a relationship with God. And even if God doesn't give us any stuff, even if God doesn't give us the outcome, when our hearts are open to who God really is, the best thing that God could give us is relationship with Himself. The best thing God could do for us 
is to align our hearts with the mission of Jesus. The best thing God could do in answering our prayers is let us feel the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. Because even if I'd have got a little bit less for the sale of the house, but I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit to empower me for the mission of being an ordained priest in the diocese, that would have been good enough. Because we get a relationship with God, that's the thing that we should desire most. So in verse 7 it says, The Lord is righteous. The Lord loves justice. So when God answers your prayers, when God is trying to deliver on the outcome that you're praying for, He's going to give a right and just answer to that prayer. And we need to be aligned with God's justice and God's righteousness. And the psalmist reminds us it's not that then God gives us stuff, but the upright will see his face. What a great answer to prayer. That in the midst of the prayer and the critics are circling around us and the critics are asking us to doubt God himself, when we take refuge in the Lord, we get to see the face of the Lord. When we are starting to doubt, whether it's internal doubt or from external critics, we know that God is not distant, God is not absent, God is sitting in his temple, God is sitting on the throne and God loves righteousness and justice and the upright will see his face. Now, I've told you a story about a house and I hope in a way, as, as it helps you to understand more a little bit about your vicar, but I wonder what you're praying for. I wonder what you're circling at the moment. I wonder what you're asking of God at the moment. And, and here's, here's a test, and I, and I don't know you well enough, but here's a test. If, if God answered all of your prayers tomorrow, would it really make a difference? Because if God answered all your prayers tomorrow and it doesn't make a difference, maybe you're not asking enough of God. Because God wants you to participate in the greatest mission there is to bring more people into a life-giving relationship with Jesus and to feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life. That's a big mission. That's radically going to change people's lives. So if you're not praying for something like that, then perhaps it's maybe time to step up in your prayers. And maybe it's also because, and I'll be honest, we don't pray some of those prayers because the the critics that have shot the arrows from the shadows have actually hit their mark. They actually have wounded us. They have got us to lower our expectation of what God can do. And so my encouragement to you today is to lift your eyes to God who is sitting in his holy temple, who's sitting on his throne, who loves righteousness, loves justice, 
and longs to see you face to face. Gracious God, we praise and thank you for who you are. We thank you for the mission and ministry of Jesus, his life, death and resurrection. And through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, we ask you to come into our lives and hearts and minds today to hear how you're calling us to pray for something. And Lord, whatever we're praying for today, we pray that your Holy Spirit would be with us today to strengthen us as we wait. And in our waiting, Lord, we just acknowledge that we see you face to face. And that is the greatest gift. And we ask this prayer in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, Janice is going to continue us in prayer.